Welcome to The Bible Talks with Josh and Heather. The Bible Talks is a show that discusses deep theology in a simple way. If you're interested in theology but don't consider yourself a deep theologian, hey, this is the show for you. We're Josh and Heather Tice, and we minister to and lead Southern Hills Baptist Church in Las Vegas. You can find this and previous episodes on our iTunes podcast or at KVXL 101.1 Experience Liberty Radio. Now it's time to get started, and I have a great question to begin today. Okay, I'm ready. Let's go. This is episode 16, and we're going to be talking about foods, our favorite foods from the Bible land. All yeah, right? that be It's awesome. going to be good. It's going to be delicious. And I have a treat for you because I've had a discussion already that um, about something with kind of, I guess, prophecy that plays into Israel today. So we'll get to that, but let's start out with something easy. Okay, easy. Ready? I'm ready. Okay, so every single time we do this, I've been thinking about it now that we are 16 episodes in. I feel like I need to come to you with some some surprise questions sometime. Really? Yeah, because I feel like I feel like. Um, Are you up to the challenge on this? Yeah. I, well, here's the thing. I feel like you're always trying to, you know, you shock me. Okay. Well, I'll and make I'm, you a deal. What? And this is all of our listeners. You are my witnesses. Okay. okay go. All, all two of you, listen up. All right. Here's the thing. Next podcast, yeah. you come ready with a question. Yeah. And you do the fun question. It's we'll probably, see how it goes. It's probably not going to happen. Okay. <laughs> well, I have one today, and I said it was going to be easy, but right. I don't think it really is because I think it's actually going to be very difficult. Because right now, you and I are in the phase of trying to live a healthy life. So what does yeah. that mean? Yeah. We are not eating a lot of food that we're, we really want to eat. We're on a food cleanse currently while we're recording this. Yeah. And uh, we're not eating grains, dairy, and sugar. Sugar. But more than sugar right now, I'm missing the grains. I didn't yeah. know I loved grains so much, and I just it feel, makes me feel full. So here's the question. Okay. What's your favorite junk food indulgence? <sighs> oh, that is so easy. It's popping to mind right now. Really? Yeah, popcorn so and icy. So go to the movies, get me a giant icy and a bucket of popcorn, and I will just be the happy camper uh, that I need wow. to be. Yeah, yeah. You know... I that's how my, I. That's how I'm going to come off this diet. You. Yeah, I could see that with you because you've always loved the the slurpy yeah. thing, you know. But I don't know. You know, mine might surprise you. You probably think I'm going for chocolate or something. I do love ice cream. It's right up there. Mm-hmm. But do you know what my my junk food indulgence is? It's two things because they're a combination meal. It's Dr Pepper and pizza. Yeah, I can oh, see that. Oh, pizza. I'm like a yeah. teenager. I could eat pizza every day. It's all But my body does not respond like it did when I was really cheese. a teenager. <laughs> yeah. Good so, stuff. So, yeah. All right. That was not what pizza? much fun what, at all. What, what kind of, no, what, <laughs> what kind of pizza? Um, Papa John's. There's only one Papa in town. No. Papa John's. I, Don't go no. for that Papa Murphy's. It's messed up. No, no Papa Murphy's. You have to cook it yourself. That's a scam. Um, yeah. <laughs> I like, I like Domino's. That's weird because you are the one that got me hooked on oh, Papa John's. I know, John's. I know, I like Papa John's for years, but never no, ate no, it till you. I ate Domino's, Domino's. and yeah. now you're like you're just trying to be opposite of me, aren't yeah. you? Just trying to stir up conflict. That's what I do. Yeah. So Papa John's, let us know. Hey, just for fun, I would love why don't to know you weigh opinion. in on this pizza debate. Let pa- us know your favorite pizza, unless it pa- it's Papa Murphy's, because we don't want you to embarrass yourself. So That would if be it's embarrassing any... to say that out loud. Yeah. It's okay for you to like it. Just do it privately. Yeah. Keep it in secret. Yeah. But if you have a favorite pizza place, let us know what it is. 
um, put it in the comments and tell us why. What makes, in fact, Josh, what makes Domino's the best? You know what I like is they put like this garlic powder around the crust. It's really good. So good. It tastes very garlicky. Really? Yeah, yeah See, baby. See, I think Papa John's, my favorite thing is the sauce. They've got a great, oh, flavorful very sauce. sweet. Yeah, it's so yeah. good. And then they just know how to put the right amounts of everything on. Okay, so sti- sti- yeah. So sticking on the theme of food, oh, today's yeah. discussion is entitled The Best Foods of the Bible Lands. Now, we went to Israel back in November, and we'll be going again, um, oh boy, uh, November of 2019. And by the way, you can join us. We'd love for you to come. All you have to do is contact our church offices at 702-343, uh, um, excuse me, <laughs> 702-388-7422. And uh, speak uh, speak with Melanie or whoever's there about joining us with our Bible Lands tour that's coming up in November of 2019. Uh, depending on when you're listening, that might be very soon, so go ahead and let us know. But this uh, episode, we're talking about the best foods that we had in the Bible Lands on our last trip to Israel. Okay, so we're going to start with the least favorite, right? Yeah, we're doing a top five each. You okay. picked five, and I picked five. And you, you, we're going to start with five and move up to the very best. Okay, well, before we tell our favorites, I am going to say something that was very, of all the good food we had, there was one thing that was disappointing. What's and that? I think it needs to be stated. Okay, what? So we eat Mediterranean food a lot here. Love it, love it. And we have, all the time we get this cucumber salad. I will go and get it takeout yeah. and just have that for lunch. It's, what is in it? It's lemon juice, mainly in oil and salt and pepper. Olive it's oil, dressing. lemon juice, salt and pepper. That's all it is. And so it's simple. cucumbers, uh, diced, onions, yeah, diced. tomatoes. Tomatoes, so good. Like, it's something I should be making at home. Yes. But I have yet to do that. Yeah. But I'm all excited to get there because I know Israel's going to have it, right? Yeah. And they do, but every place same. we went, I don't know if I just went to the wrong place. You know why? You, do you know why? I why? know why. Because what we eat is Persian. It's Iranian. It's not Israeli. But so no, Isra- Israel has their own version. It's not the one that you like. Where we go are Persian restaurants. Yeah, but there's no like um, laws against no, making no, of it course that way. Not. It's not like, you know, it's kosher you never know. <laughs> or something, right? You never know I mean, over it's there. cucumbers. No, it's just they make <laughs> so, it different. So I think the version that you like is Persian. Yeah, probably. You like the Persian version. Oh, that's fun. So I, I have to say it was okay. But it was not as good, like even to little things like how they slice the cucumber. It was yeah. long slices, right? You know, which yeah. was odd. Now Heather was really so upset was about so, how they sliced the cucumbers. Yeah, so <laughs> so like such a prima donna. But it really was something I was looking forward to eating every day, multiple times. Okay, but times what was your day. favorites? Okay, with so starting five. with my favorite. This really surprised me because I don't think I normally like this. But one of the hotels we were at, which they have amazing, huge buffets, um, and that's where I discovered this. They had something called date. Honey. Date honey. And I would dip a croissant in it. And it's so naturally sweet in a good way. It's yeah. like you can just taste how natural it is. But I was surprised I like the date flavoring it because I typically don't like anything with date in it. Yeah. Uh, it's not my thing. Not she my She doesn't jam. like going on dates. And uh, so, but I love the date honey and it became something I ate every day for breakfast. Yeah, you so did. Good. The breakfast were awesome, man. Whenever you eat the breakfast and then I see you get those little rolls and dip it in the date honey. Oh, yeah. And I remember thinking one of the last days, ooh, you're going to miss that when it's yep. all over. Saying that. Okay, here's mine. Number mine five. is the hummus. <laughs> Number five. Hummus. The hummus. Now, if you've had hummus here in the States, it's okay. It's good. But there, to me, it's still, it really is, it's the best. And the reason is, is because they put so much extra virgin olive oil right yes, into the hummus. Yes, they do. It's always just sitting right on top. Oh, my goodness. So, so fattening. Much of it. So good. And you take that bread, that pita bread, 
uh, and you dip it in there and you eat the hummus. But we had hummus. Uh, they have hummus almost at every meal. That would have been my number six. That was really, really good. I wanted to put yeah. it on my list. I just didn't have room. Well, that's where I put my number five. What's your number four? Okay, number four. I chose something that um, is very unusual. I don't even know what to call it, but it was like a pudding, a chocolate pudding. They would have it at breakfast, and it was in a little typical jello container, but it had a layer of cream That's on right. the top. And I didn't have it for several days. Melanie, our, our uh, church receptionist, was there, and she had organized the trip, and she kept telling me, you need to try this. It's so good. But I always thought, I'll just have it at dinner. And it wasn't until several days in. I noticed they never had great desserts at dinner. I kept thinking, where is this wonderful delicious dessert and I found out why it's because dinner it has to do with their kosher laws yeah you can't serve dairy and meat in the same meal and so since it's a dairy product it only came and even out even though the they're morning. separate I could eat them together right and mess it up right so at a buffet so they you can't even only put it have out meats and everything else or dairies and everything else you yeah. cannot put them together so it's only at breakfast that you have all the dairy foods and dairy desserts so the about the third day in I figured this out and I began to eat it, and it is amazing. Adding that that Do you layer what of it was cream, called? I don't. Mm. But our tour guide told me it's something apparently his children love. So I think yeah, it's, it's a, a child's dessert. Yeah, but. our tour guide who's Israeli says the children of Israel love that. The food. children of Israel and Heather <laughs> love <laughs> this dessert. So I began to have it for breakfast, dessert for breakfast, and I had to do it because, you know, that's the only time they had it out. So, it, But it was so good. It was uh, very, it tasted very natural compared to sometimes the product that we have here. And then, like I said, I can't describe that cream. It was like a whipped cream, but, um, oh, my goodness, it was amazing. Okay. So good. So here's my number four. I just loved this. It's called Kanafe. Now, Kanafe. Oh, yeah, that was interesting. We only had it once, and the reason is is it was one of the only times we were in the Palestinian territory. Uh, Kanafe is a traditional Palestinian dessert. It's made with cheese, pastry, soaked in a sweet sugar-based syrup, um, it's, it's made out of a goat cheese and, and what it is, is it's, it's kind of fried on the outside. Um, it's like a sweet, uh, mozzarella stick. It's, it's so hard to weird describe to say. Because and like a not cheesecake. Like a mo- it's not a, it's not like a cheese stick, it's, but it's not a cheesecake either. Right. It's so different. It's really odd, which by the way, they had cheesecake at breakfast too. <laughs> Again, going with the dairy, had to mention that. It, it, the kanafe is so wonderful it, it's it tastes a little bit like baklava there's a little bit of a t- taste yeah it there, is similar it's, it's a, like a cheese baklava it's like I think that's cheesy, the best way to describe yeah, it it's like a cheese baklava but not in so a good. not in a mozzarella slash salty way in a sweet slash cheesecake way and what happened was we were driving through palestine and um we had stopped off for lunch and the bus driver got out to bring us a a, a fast food type of a lunch now it wasn't fast food like you're thinking literally it was a nice little um stand where we got a bunch of food brought onto the bus and what was called kanafe and he began to pass it out and i thought to myself i i'm adventurous but i thought i don't want it this looks disgusting and i i put it in my mouth and oh my goodness what a great experience yeah our tour guide Ezra really likes to feed us. Yeah. That's why he's my favorite, because yeah. he is constantly like, taste this, taste this, try this. <laughs> now, the kanafi, the kanafi itself is not Israeli, and so there's only a few places in, in Jerusalem that you'll find it. Um, it is a Palestinian dessert, and uh, if you're ever around there, you've got to get some kanafi. So my and number... when we go back, I am getting 
Oh, yeah. Some I'm sure. Yes. My number three is actually also when we were in that same area. It was actually the meal we had before the kanafe. So we actually had um, street shawarma. Yeah. It was in pitas and it's so good. But we had it in the Palestinian area. And um, thankfully, Josh and I both had different ones. They just kind of passed them out. The shawarma is Both of them insane. were incredibly good. Yes. So it's a shaved meat that's been on a spinning, on a spit. On a spit yeah, a vertical kind of, spit. Yeah, and it rotates, and the meat's just been piled up high. And so very big throughout the thin. entire Mediterranean region, oh, all the way so through good. Greece, all the way into Palestine, all the way through Israel, the entire region. And it, it's very popular, and uh, there are several different kinds of shawarma there. First, there would be like a chicken shawarma. You know, they would pile all sorts of chicken, thigh and breast and everything, on the spit, and then uh, that was really good. And then there's lamb and beef, mm-hmm. and then there's straight lamb. And you can get these. And what they do is they put inside like a pickle relish, um, some other toppings. What um, was that sauce? There's a white sauce, Like a cucumber. Too. It's a cucumber sauce. Yeah, it's a sauce. cucumber sauce. I forget Holy the name of it. But cow. they put that on there. And the whole thing just makes this giant pita, and it is amazing. And yes. like I said, ours were flavored both differently, but they were both so good. And I'm a picky eater, but I would have easily finished either one. You yeah, know, so good. No, genuinely and truly fantastic. So, but even throughout Israel, um, there are many places to get street shawarma, and it is so so very good. Okay, so my number three is got to be the the coffee and the breads. So I put coffee and breads. What do I put them Interesting. together? Interesting. Yeah, because the coffee first of all was fantastic. Every place we went, but there were a couple places we went where we got some Turkish coffee, and. Yeah, that is strong. See, and I miss that because there were some people that had very definite opinions on the Turkish coffee. They didn't like it because it was so strong. So strong. I thought you were one of them. No, no, no. I loved it. I missed that. I guess I got you. So strong. Little milk in there. um, Really good coffees. But then the breads every morning. They had so many breads. And so I've been craving that big time um, since being back these last couple months. And they had all these wonderful sweet breads that you would, uh, that you could eat right along with the coffee. Made a very nice little breakfast. Um, yeah, definitely. All right. My number two. We're getting close to the the very best food. What will it be? Can you imagine? We've already named shawarma. That's what you think of, right? So what will be number one or number two? Number what two. What is your number two? For me, is something that you might have been thinking of. Because it's definitely something from the East, Middle East. Um, it is falafel. Falafel. And I've had it here in the States. I don't like it. Anytime I've had it, I've thought it's kind of gross, but it tastes different there. I don't know what is different, but it's basically chickpeas, yeah. right? Made yeah. from chickpeas, all right. blended up, and then they fry it. Right. And so it's got this hard outer shell. almost looks like a hush puppy, yeah. I think. It's this round ball, but it's so good Some there. people are thinking as they're listening to this, I don't, I don't like it. And I just want you to know, you, you don't have to feel awful about it. Uh-huh. That was so bad. That was so bad. I I should have swarmed you that he was going to say that. That wasn't as good either. (laughs) That was even worse. Oh, my goodness. We're very hungry right now. You don't have to (laughs) feel awful about it? No, that was actually really pretty good. Thank you. Thank you. I tried to come back with something, but I got nothing. No, you've got nothing on that. But the the falafel, do you like it here in the States? No, I don't. And I don't really like it there, to be honest. No, I I tried it. I'll eat it if I have to. I just don't like falafel. It is amazing. He's wrong. In Israel, it tastes different. It's so good. I like how Heather always says that I'm wrong whenever it's a personal opinion, as if, like, emphatically, empirically, I'm wrong. How about I just, I know you I don't better like it. than you know yourself, Josh Tice. Okay. All right. So I'm wrong. Falafel is good. 
Number two. I can't wait to hear what your number two. I can't imagine what it's going to be. Number two is I, it's it's very broad in general. It's called the buffets. Now <laughs> the reason I say that is because first of all, being a Vegas boy, I love buffets. Um, but every breakfast and every lunch is a veritable buffet. So you you have a chance to eat anything and try new things. And so for me, the, one of the only ways to really try new things, it gets nerve-wracking. You're sitting at a restaurant. You want to order yeah. something good. Especially someplace where you're not used to the menu. Right. Here, I like to go to a nice restaurant versus a buffet, and I order a specific thing. But you're right. They're being able to taste. Yeah. For example, I mean, you, you could go. I remember you, you had like 20 different kinds of olives you could taste. And so, you know, I put different olives on my plate and find out which was my favorite or the cheese platters. Um, and the fact that they had so many different cheeses from the region rather than just American style cheeses. Uh, I love Wisconsin, but let me go to uh, let me see some Middle Eastern cheeses. So the buffets were fantastic because I got to try so many different kinds of meats, so many different kinds of breads, so many different kinds of cheeses and fruits and vegetables. And it was just fantastic. Fantastic. The buffets. Yes, good answer, and I, I I can get on board with that. Like I said, and the nice thing about some buffets, and those buffets aren't like some of the buffets you can go to where it's just like uh, the food's old and it's and it seems a little dirty. Keep them very fresh, yeah. Yeah, because the hotels where we stay at, that's where the buffets are. The hotels where it's not like stopping off at a little side buffet. They're they're hotel run buffets. They're so clean and fresh, and uh, just the highest quality. So definitely the buffets. Number two. All right, so here we are to number one. Wow. Okay, I'm nervous because I'm not sure what your number one is, and it's probably going to be disagreement with mine. You think? Yeah. I don't know because I'm shocked that you haven't mentioned mine yet, my number one. Go ahead. Because I know you love it too. Oh, I know. It's pomegranate juice. The The fresh squeezed pomegranate juice is, once I discovered that, I wanted everywhere. Oh, it's so good, and you can't. Like the palm stuff, you know, the bottles of palm here yeah. in the States. It's terrible. I it's came back and bought the same. one. Oh. And it was terrible. Yeah, but there, they have all these side vendors. Almost every vendor, even a small little shop, I mean, just a tiny little place that sells maps, will have right outside his shop um, a pomegranate squeeze, like this press, this metal, large, giant metal press. And it's so fun watching them fresh squeeze your pomegranate into the cup. It is so unlike anything I've ever had. It's fresh. It's um, if you get it squeezed right away, usually it's sweeter. I've heard that the longer it's out, the more you know. Once it's been squeezed, it can grow tart. Right. But even when it's a little bit tart, it's still really good. Right. Well, so I don't know how we're gonna get that back, unless we buy a pomegranate press. <laughs> I think we need one. Yeah, they were we selling them it. in the market there, and we checked, and it was like. What was it like sixty dollars? It's just too heavy like to that. get back. That's the problem. Bring it back. It there, was yeah, I don't think the price was bad there, but it's just too heavy. All right, so you would say the pomegranate juice, which I would totally agree with, is amazing, and it's all over the Holy Land. And it wouldn't be in your top five. Uh, I knew you were going to put it, and I did not want to repeat oh, one of yours, which which also clever. puts my my number one in a little bit of a suspect light because I had at number one, I had at number one the shawarma. Yeah. Shawarma is, but we've already talked about it, so I switched yeah. it, and I okay. and I put, I put fruits and vegetables. The fruits and vegetables, to me, are amazing. I loved having the fruits and vegetables at every breakfast and dinner buffet. Just really fantastic. Now I would have also put St. Peter's fish because the I first time I went, yeah, first time I went, it was amazing. The restaurant we went to this yeah. last time. I was very disappointed. Not very good. So every yeah. time we go to Israel, there's always a St. Peter's lunch. 
uh, St. Peter's Fish lunch uh, right on the Galilee. So you can look over the Galilee. You have a fish, and they cook it for you. It's wonderful. Uh, but well, um, I did not enjoy it this time. It's good, though, the fruits and vegetables, because that actually kind of leads into the very short uh, discussion I want to have. Yes. All right. So when we went to Israel, one of the things that surprised me was it's very much a desert. Okay. And so I'm picturing, like many of you maybe, the land flowing with milk and honey. I knew there's some de- desert region, but I thought, okay, this is going to be a green place. It's going to be the promised land, right? It's going to be flourishing. And it's not that way. And so when I asked you about this, you told me that there are a couple of different um, theories. Is that the right A couple term? of different ideas yeah, on this. Ideas so, on it. So, first of all, first of all, Americans come from uh, from a very bountiful place. So when we think of green, uh, we're thinking of places like Washington State. We're thinking of places like Oregon, full of greenery. Uh, when we think of bounty, we're thinking of the Great Plains of the Midwest, where there are literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles of corn. Um, so when we get there and we see a desert region and there are a lot of farms, we think, man, kind of disappointing. I thought it was going to be like a jungle, but we can't expect Israel to be a jungle, right? Um, so so number one is perspective. Number two, um, idea of why do we not see that as much is because of the region in which we travel. So we did not spend any time in the uh, the Valley of Sharon. The Valley of Sharon is where the vast majority of the fruits and vegetables. What come. would that have been near? Uh, that would have been between Tel Aviv and Jaffa, uh, okay. on the coast. It would have been on the coast. It would have been on the Mediterranean. Okay. So there's a giant valley called the Valley of Sharon. You've heard of the Rose well, of Sharon. Well, maybe we need to visit that next uh, time. <laughs> and that 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 would have been the fa- that's yeah. really the farming region. Though there are farms mm-hmm. um, all throughout. Interesting the Interesting fact. I, let me throw this in. I don't want to interrupt you, but yeah. interesting to me was the giant, massive, bigger than you can imagine, Valley of Armageddon. Oh yeah. Um. Or I guess it's Megiddo, yeah. right? I'm sorry. So the Battle of Armageddon, but it's at Megiddo. The Valley of Megiddo, it's just so much bigger. I always picture this very small valley. You've got to triple and quadruple that that picture in your mind to get it there. Huge. But it's very green. They actually farm there, that yeah. region. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But I don't. It, that is that naturally green, or have they? That's at the done very tip there? edge of the Valley of Sharon. Yeah. Okay, so that would be some of the natural green I'm thinking mm-hmm. of. Yeah. Okay. So, but the theory, the question I had too was not only the land. It would be like for those in California region. It would be like understanding what uh, wine country looks like. So it is some of it can be high desert, but very very farmable because of the um, because of the uh, uh, the nature of the soil. But there's also the idea that um, for the last uh, two thousand years, while it was under the control of um, uh, while it was under the control of um, the region's inhabitants and the Jews had been kicked out of the land before they came back, much of the region had been turned completely to desert because of the lack of cultivation. So there was no cultivation of the land. There was no, um, all of the trees had been hewn down. Um, Much of it was really destroyed so that when Mark Twain goes uh, to Israel in in his book, Innocence Abroad, he describes would a... Would that compl- have been after 1948? No, that would have been much Israeli before. Return? So before that, right. okay, go ahead. He, he sees a desert wasteland. Why does he see that? It's because the inhabitants of the land didn't care for it in the way that the uh, the modern Hebrews do, in, in the way that the Jews do. So, um, so it's been only 50, 60 years since that time where they've had a chance to actually cultivate these, uh, these, uh, uh, these farms and and uh, these communal places of living, um, and uh, and really turn it once again to where the desert ca- desert can once again 
uh, bloom like a rose and uh, rivers will flow through the deserts as the prophecy uh, states. So, so there's that theory as well. Uh, and that, that falls into the biblical concept of what the, what the Deuteronomic covenant stated. The right. Deuteronomic covenant stated, this is a land that is flowing with milk and honey. But if you get into the land and you worship other gods, uh, then I'm going to kick you out of the land. And if I kick you out of the land, then the land itself will stop producing. So there is a biblical spiritual theory, and that is the land has dr- uh, changed drastically over the last thousands of years, primarily because the children of Israel uh, had to be kicked out of the land. They, you have the Assyrian captivity, you have the Babylonian captivity, and then finally you have the dysphoria uh, because of a lack of reception of Messiah. Uh, and uh, now you have uh, the blessing of God literally taken from the land. And, and so some would say, well, is it possible for land to change? Of course. Everyone knows about the expansion right. of the Sahara Desert <laughs> yeah. and other deserts. And so absolutely, what we see as the land today, uh, uh, agriculturally speaking, is probably not what Joshua entered into when he crossed over the Jordan originally. So I hope that was interesting to you. I know that was something, thanks, Josh, for sharing that. That was something that really was a surprise to me when we went. It's still very beautiful and um, much to enjoy, but it was something I did have questions about after being a student of the Bible and knowing about the, There's one the continual other aspect. promises in Deuteronomy. There's one other aspect. We went in November, which is right before the rainy season. So um, it is stated, because I went in, in January, and it's it's very obvious in January how much greener Israel is as a whole. But even in January, it doesn't only flourish for like, two or three it's months two or three months yeah so to me that's still even though our because i asked our guide about that and even though that is true to me it doesn't quite cover the 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 bountiful land you know i don't know yeah. the the promises that you go back to in deuteronomy so I, I think, think those are a few yeah. quite, a few answers that kind of help the western mind get their mind around okay why exactly is it not what i would assume as the land flowing with milk and honey good question Yeah, so this has been a fun podcast. I hope you enjoyed that. A little taste of Israel, if you will, and then a little discussion. Taste. I see what you did there. Yeah, that was cool. A little discussion on um, really the blessing of the land. So now on the next episode of the Bible Talks, we plan to discuss learning humility from Jesus. We're still on the study of uh, of Christ, Christology, and... Uh, and we as humans yeah. have a hard time, right? Even followers of Christ staying humble and being humble. So what do we learn? What can we learn from humility as we look into the actual life of Christ? And that'll be, uh, that'll be on our next episode. And we just want to ask you to do one thing as we end today. Would you subscribe to this podcast? Hopefully you already have, but maybe you've just joined us. Make sure you click on that and subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. If you subscribe, of the Bible it's Talks. great because iTunes is able to send it right to you. You can subscribe on Podomatic if that's how you f- view or listen to these episodes, or you can go right to iTunes and subscribe. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, when the Bible talks, we'd better listen.